getting real fidgety. We need some distractions. Who am I? I'm a human too. I'm just like you with ASD. Who am I? I'm a human too. I'm just like you. Hello everyone and welcome to Autism Stories where we connect you with amazing people that help teens and adults with autism become more independent and successful. I'm your host Doug Bletcher, the founder of Autism Personal Coach. This month I did a guest blog for Milestones Autism Resources Ask the Expert series. I uh, wrote about how teens and adults on the autism spectrum along with their support system can create a clear path to their goals. It's a short read but in my uh, biased opinion uh, well worth your time. So if you're interested in reading that you can uh, find a link uh, to this art blog article by checking out the uh, description for this uh, podcast episode. And uh, in this episode of Autism Stories, we are going to uh, speak with Mary Ellen Grayson, the Vice President of Operations at the Autism Society of Pittsburgh, where she'll dis- she discusses the importance of employment, mentoring, and social opportunities, and how the Autism Society of Pittsburgh are working to provide these opportunities for teens and adults. Mary Ellen lives in Wexford, Pennsylvania with her husband, Scott, and two adult sons who are both on the autism spectrum. Mary Ellen's educational background includes a Master's of Science degree in education, a Bachelor's of Science in Psychology and Criminal Justice, and an Associate of Science degree in Respiratory Therapy. Mary Ellen has served on the Board of Directors for a board now known as the Pennsylvania Autism Connection which led to a position as program director. Mary Ellen uh, also served on the Pennsylvania Autism Task Force and was an instructor at the University of Pittsburgh Graduate School of Education in the Early Intervention Autism Specialization Program. In addition, she created a nonprofit branch uh, on behalf of Family Behavioral Resources named the FBR Foundation as the director of special projects, she created an eight-person board of directors as well as pursued funding through the state and local grants that serve families and professionals affected by autism for the FBR Foundation. With 20 years of nonprofit experience, Mary Ellen is honored to be supporting people with autism and their families. We hope you enjoy this episode. Mary Ellen, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. So, kind of starting out with your with your journey, um, where where did that start with the autism community? Um, well, it started, oh, I'd say it had to be at least um, 22 years ago. I have um, two sons, both are young adults right now, both are on the spectrum, uh, opposite ends of the spectrum, 
actually. Um, I have one who's currently 21, soon to be 22 next month, um, who is what you would consider your typical um, individual on the spectrum. Um, he does have um, a lot of needs, and he is um, very, very smart at I have to say that. Um, and my younger one is 19, and I like to call him my early intervention poster child hmm. um, because we had services set up for him almost at 18, not almost at 18 months, but pretty much at 18 months, and he was diagnosed at two years of age. And right now um, he's in the middle of his sophomore year at Penn State main campus. So That's, that's awesome. That's um, where we started, and from there, um, they were diagnosed relatively, I would say, like I said, my younger son was diagnosed right at age two. Um, my older one, it took a little bit of time. Um, he was diagnosed at age three. It had taken us back then at least seven months to get in to get a diagnosis. It was at the time where really um, most individuals um of that age were really peaking to, um, we saw a lot, a big wave of um, autism diagnosis coming and really there wasn't much available at that time. Um, I had started to begin my autism journey once, actually even before they were diagnosed, I was really close with a lot of people who were um, helping my son out, but once I got them diagnosed and started learning more about autism, I became involved with a lot of groups um, in Pittsburgh, um, was on the board of directors of what was a board at the time, now it's uh, Autism Connection, um, and was involved there for a long time. I've also worked in other nonprofit agencies, and it's been a good 25 years or so um, since really finding out what autism was. And um, from there, I moved on to um, the Autism Society after a brief, I did take a brief five or six years to step out of my work in nonprofit and went into the health, health field. And I felt um, more comfortable and my passion was in working in autism. Mm. And so, so currently you are the uh, Director of Operations for the Autism Society of Greater Pittsburgh, and it seems like there is an important emphasis on su supports for adults to be successful from the Autism Society. There is. Mm -hmm. There is. Um, the Autism Society actually has been around for quite some time. Um, in 1965, Dan Tereski and his wife, along with 70 other parents at the time, started the National Society of Autistic Children. And in 1996, it was renamed the Autism Society of America. Also in 1996, Dan and his wife started our Pittsburgh chapter uh, from the national organization. Um, from then, they've been advocating for individuals and their families um, since the 60s. And the most significant pieces of legislation regarding autism have been have had some involvement in our chapter. As far as um, working with adults, I think it's a passion of all of ours um, at the Autism Society because we have a lot of the same parents who, when they were diagnosed at age three, 
you know, four, even five in the early 90s, there was no services. And right. we're finding that out, you know, now they're 21, 22, and it's that we're right in that same position. So we do have a, a large interest in developing programs for adults. And, and the Autism Society in Pittsburgh, you have a partnership with Computer Aid as part of the uh, Autism to Work program. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about that, how that came about? Sure, sure. Um, we were approached um, by Computer Aid as part of their Autism to Work program about a year ago to be their local contact here in Pittsburgh. And as they were starting to develop their employment in our venue, um, this quickly developed into a partnership where not only were we assisting locating suitable candidates um, for prospective employment, which actually was not is not hard at all, but we were also we are also also involved in um, pers- training prospective employers and coworkers um, on autism and the traits of autism, how to communicate and make some suggestions as far as how to make some simple uh, adaptions in the workplace to make it a little bit autism friendly. Mm -hmm. And it's been very successful. And and one interesting um, part of the Autism to Work program at ComputerAid is there they there's teams that work together that have those with autism and those without like what have been some of the positives of this type of uh, program um, well as we all know um, individuals on the spectrum learn very effectively when they're with other individuals who are not on the spectrum so that's been naturally beneficial to them as for co-workers there's appears to be an acceptance from everyone um, that we've we've talked to and that we've worked with and that we've trained. Um, they realize, you know, they're not very different from any other employer that they might be working with. In fact, um, during one of our trainings for the employer employees, we received feedback and suggestions for other workplace adaptations that there were so many instances that we said, you know, this might be helpful, that it wasn't just for um, an individual with autism, but would be helpful to anybody across the board. Yeah. Yeah. I I totally get that because... Just even like with with um, sensory sensory processing issues, when you can make an environment more sensory friendly, that benefits everyone, no matter whether you have autism or not. Right, exactly, and that's what a lot of people once they've you know once we've gone in there and were able to do some training um, with employers, it took a lot of that fear away. You know, like what what should we expect from this person, and realize you know it's not that different. And they enjoy working, you know, as a group. Yeah. So um, the Autism Society also has a program called Higher Contact that is for Pittsburgh area businesses um, to work with students with autism. What has been um, your message to businesses um, why they should be involved in this program? opportunities to all areas of work, both skilled and unskilled. 
The feedback that we get from the PISA employees is that those on the spectrum who are working are extremely dedicated and learning, uh, learning a particular task. They stay on task until the work's completed. And we see that with a lot of individuals on the spectrum. Um, the message we should actually should be is that there's a growing number of adult age persons on the spectrum who are looking for employment and who can perform a wide range of jobs, particularly those with attention to detail. Um, they would be really dedicated and um, job-oriented to the rules of a particular business, and they should definitely not be overlooked. Yeah, and and I think smart companies, if they're looking at workplace uh, statistics, are seeing that there are there is opportunity for growth when you employ people with autism. Absolutely, and computer aid is and and along with us are also uh, positioned to assist local businesses in staffing and job training perspectives for individuals um, on the spectrum. We're currently um, seeking new opportunities every day to set, you know, to help these individuals out and set them up in such positions. So, so did did this come program come about because you because the Autism Society? Um, felt a need, or did businesses initially contact the Autism Society looking for support? Um, it was kind of both. I know right now um, with PISA, um, when we work with them, they you know, were looking for someone who was looking for a detailed job, um, say, for instance, working on the turf. Um, in their indoor sports arena. That actually is a very skilled job um, and can be taken from, you know, from a volunteer position um, of helping out at PISA to one of our sports arenas. Um, And that's not something that you can just learn anywhere. So they were looking for something, and we all know how um, hard it is for an individual on the spectrum to find someone to work with. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of a mutual coordination. Mm-hmm. And this past spring, the Autism Society had a pilot, uh, a STEM mentoring program with mentors from Westinghouse Electric Company. Um, it's, the mentoring included fields of mechanical, civil, electrical, and electronic engineering, to name a few. What, what were some of the lessons learned from this program? And um, we continue to talk with Westinghouse, and we are expanding to different school districts right now, is that we want to not only include one school district, but we want to open it up to many, and also include um, individuals who are not on the spectrum, so that we can have a mix of um, people learning more STEM, because if it's a STEM is key right now to, to being very successful in these types of jobs. So I want to make sure that that's an opportunity for everyone. And I think that's a really important program because everybody needs a mentor or a coach. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, starting out um, having that advantage of, you know, having a mentor and being able to ask questions without... Um, the fear of being judged or the fear of, you know, looking like you don't know what you're talking about. Um, mentors are fabulous. Mm-hmm. 
Now, I, I always say um, we, all, we all need community, and the number one place that as adults we get community is, is through employment, but however many adults with autism are unemployed, so therefore other avenues kind of need to uh, be explored um, to find community. So one of those opportunities through the Autism Society of Pittsburgh is your monthly open mic night. So can you please uh, tell me and everyone listening a little bit more about that? I have to tell you, it's a fabulous event. Um, And we have been moving it, we started moving it into different communities. In fact, tomorrow, um, which is December 15th, um, we'll be out in the Wilkinsburg area. But anyways, the program itself is in coordination with Band Together Pittsburgh, um, which is another nonprofit that we work very closely with to um, get music to those on the autism spectrum. But the open mic in particular, um, Band Together provides uh, all the equipment, the mics, the drums, the guitars, anything that's needed. Um, and um, working with the Autism Society, we offer, of course, free refreshments and free food. But um, the main opportunity for individuals on the spectrum is to feel comfortable. We don't force anyone to do anything, but we never have. We've had spectacular interest in individuals getting up on stage, no matter what their talent has been, and um, either singing a song, playing an instrument, sometimes both. Sometimes individuals just want to get up and recite the national anthem, the Pledge of Allegiance, but it gives them the spotlight for a minute, you know, where they are comfortable in the group, you know, make um, some connections within the group, and they're able to get up there and, and feel like, you know, it's their moment, and it is so spectacular. You should just, you should come by, anyone um, who's interested should come by and take a listen. It is great. It's it, a wonderful you, opportunity. So it gives, it gives people the chance to kind of focus on what their particular interest is. Exactly, and to promote self-confidence, to promote interest in um, independence, um, and obviously an interest in music. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, For those that want to learn about the Open Mic Night or anything else that the Autism Society of Pittsburgh is doing, how do they go about doing that? Um, Well, we're on all social media. Our... Um, website is www.autismsocietypgh.org, and we are also um, found on Facebook under that same name, the Autism Society of Pittsburgh, um, and ought to know, which is A-U-T, number two, and then the word no, K-N-O-W, on Twitter. So we are out there. We do list our programs everywhere, and... Um, we have some new ones coming up, too, which are very, very exciting. Yes, I, I, I am going to need to come to the open mic night at some point. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Well, Mary Ellen, thank you very much for joining us today. I really enjoyed our conversation. Oh, thank you for having us. We, t- we appreciate talking with you. Thank you, everyone, for listening today. I love that the Autism Society of Pittsburgh is thinking and implementing mentoring for those on the spectrum. 
I always say no matter who you are, you need a mentor or a coach. And we are never successful by ourselves and need those to guide us along the way. Whatever level of success I've been judged to have, I would have never achieved that without the help of so many others along the way. And, and so often teens and adults with autism struggle with anxiety and as a result don't have success in their lives. Autism Personal Coach is a unique service in that we help those with autism by working on meaningful individualized goals in the setting in which they'll be used so their anxiety is greatly reduced and as a result they can become much more independent and successful. To get an autism coach for a loved one or yourself is very easy. All you have to do is email autismpersonalcoach at yahoo.com or call 216-336-5889 and request a coach today. On next week's episode of Autism Stories, we will have the pleasure of talking with Kelly Mailer, an occupational therapist who will discuss a vital sensory system you may know the least about, interoception. Talk to you then.